Hi, we're the Sklar Brothers, Randy. And Jason Sklar. And we never listen to None Taken. I mean, why would we at this point? I mean, no offense. Um, what are you doing here? Who, me? Yeah, you. There's no one else here. Well, it's not like you could ever see Alan in the room. I... Who... Okay. All right, well, we're going to... You're not... Well, since you're here, I guess we'll just do a show. Um, uh, Alan is on assignment. Uh, he will update us upon his triumphant return. But until then, you listeners have the unique and wonderful opportunity to hear the lovely dulcet tones of Natasha. Howdy. Howdy. I love howdy. Um, hey, let's do a little bit of tradition and start the show off with a question. How does that sound? Sounds great. I was at the dog park. You were there. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of bumblebees. Yeah, they're kind of scary. Now, we all know birds aren't real, right? Obviously. But like, will you watch the way bumblebees just sit there and hover? And they just like, they're clearly just scanning and taking in information. Now, they could be doing that for bumblebee reasons. But I mean, we have the technology I mean, what if bumblebees aren't real? I feel like it's more plausible. I mean, like, like the government caught on to the birds aren't real right away once the guy exposed them. And now they're like, okay, well, you know, you don't, because his whole thing is that they killed all the birds and replaced them with drones. You don't even have to do that. You could just put out a bunch of like bumblebee drones and they join the hives and like none of the other bees even know, like it's perfect. They are more friendly. It's not like they're going to sting you and die. Like uh, like a regular bee, you mean? Yeah. I thought you meant like birds. Birds can't sting you. No, okay, but like, yeah. you know, it, the game would be over if they sting you. And, and it was over, and, right? Yeah. yeah. Then they'd find the like the robot corpse or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. 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 And if you get close to one, they'll attack you. Unlike a bird, they'll just like fly away, I guess. But Unless they're geese. Well, geese are probably real, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of animal sounds, uh, why don't you... Let's play a game to start this. Can you... Guess this sound. Ready? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a cow. Does sound like a cow. You want to try it again? Okay. There's a little bit more to the audio. Still think it's a cow? Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. You already sent me this. <laughs> it sent you that? <laughs> Yeah, one. It's a basset hound. <laughs> All right, you ready? I am ready. Uh. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Natasha, two political nomads from the same house 
Shout out to Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band for the use of their song Ways and Means for our intro music. Thank you for joining us. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday, May 3rd, 2029. Nope, Jesus, 2022. I've never got the year that wrong before. Well, it's a great day for America. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And Alan, well, he's at home and I'm reading. Natasha's right next to me. We are here recapping another week of current events, sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. I've got a buttload of audios for you for our sound show today. Remember, first show's free. Y'all are our advertising budget. If you got any friends that haven't heard an Untaken before, or if you haven't given us a five-star review, please do so. It helps the show out. It's the only thing that spreads the word. You can find Untaken on all the major social media apps. Sorry, True Social. Hey, if you really like us, you can give us a little bit of your money over on Venmo. We're the ones with the Zebra logo. Be like Slick It's Digital for all your SEO and marketing needs. Hell yeah. <laughs> Natasha, what is up? Oh, not much. Just another day in the life. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, if you started telling me shit that you did this week that I wasn't a part of, that would be really weird to me. This is normally where I catch up with Alan and hear about all of his shenanigans over the course of the last seven days. Um, I guess we'll just like share each other's personal life with each other. Um, I think my favorite part of this last week was once we got done packing and unpacking and went to a fucking pool party. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a blast. I haven't been to a pool party in a long time. Like, have we even been to like a legit pool party in the last couple of years? Oh goodness. I mean, I think the beach was the last pool party I was at. Right. Like over a year ago. Yeah. I mean, and, and then other than that, we'd like, what go to like hotel parties and stuff like that, hotel pools and stuff, but that was still during COVID. So it was weird, right? Like Palm Springs. Yeah. That was actually a very magical time. What do you mean? Well, I that mean, that means we just started having sex with each other. And well, stuff. I mean, we both were living at our parents' house, so we had to have all these getaways at oh, hotels, no. and no. they were so cheap because of COVID. It was awesome. So we stayed at like four hundred dollar hotels, like for, beachfront, yeah, and stuff. beachfront for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we went to what was the name of that place? Oh goodness, uh, down in Pacific Beach. No, fucking now. Where did we oh. go this weekend? <laughs> Um, that was at the Dive Motel for Dive Fest. That's right. So they had stand-up comedy and punk music playing all weekend. Uh, we only went for the Saturday, um, event. Mm-hmm. It was what, $25 a person? Uh, man, there was a lot of ass. And tits. And tits. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that... Did I get caught looking ever? No. I was but... doing a good job, right? Yeah, yeah. you were doing a great job. Yeah. You only had eyes for me. Baby. I was just going to say that. <laughs> But man, I thought it was only in California that people walk around in like teeny tiny little like G-string bikinis. When did all these girls get big asses? Like, I mean, I've always <laughs> liked it, but it's like just it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, the, the people watching was incredible. And especially the drunker they got, <laughs> the, the inhibition. Inib- what's the word? Inhibition. Inhibition just went right out the window and they were trying to twerk. Which oh was... yeah. Oh, that was okay. So that lady was really, really drunk and that was really weird. It was like this skinny white girl and she was in line for drinks behind two black girls and all three of them were dancing, but they weren't like with each other and they were like kind of dancing while they were waiting in line. And that white girl looked like she was like trying to like show off. Yeah. Like culturally appropriate 
the dancing styles of the women next to her. She was like leaning down and putting her hands on the ground. It was just really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, not as gross as that lady at the weed vendor. So they had the, the Delta eight cart was there. They were giving out their freight, their, uh, fake weed. Um, and that lady had like a whole watermelon that she was just like sharing with anybody that came by just handing forks from person to person as if we didn't just come off the end of a pandemic. Yeah. Just the same fork shared with everyone. You know, the only other note I have about this was that we didn't bring enough sunscreen and all we had was your sparkle sunscreen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, uh, I decided to drench Dustin in glittery sunscreen and then send him off to get me drinks. I'd have been a sexy chick. <laughs> And every time he came back, he's like, I just don't understand why these guys are so nice. I mean, one guy almost bought him a drink. He was going to. Until I showed up. And then he walked away I was like, my old man, my wallet's not here. And he's like, oh, I don't mind. Slap me on the back. He's like, I got you. And then Natasha came around the corner. I was like, oh, the wallet's here. That was your nickname, by the way, the wallet. (laughs) Yeah. So he thought I was was your sugar daddy. Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else. Oh, we, when we went out the night before we made friends with an investigate, an investigative reporter from the Tennessean looking forward to, uh, maybe having him on the show, um, having some of his articles in here, but that was a really good conversation. That was also a really fun night. We finally ventured out of our house and found our newest local dive. So I'm sure you guys have always heard about never, never, but our new favorite dive is D's and they do live music. I think every night. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge inside for a dive. It, um, you know what they sell at D's? What's that? They sell peanuts. What? Yeah, I did they, not see they that. See it on the sign. It says D's nuts, five dollars. Huh. Yeah. Well, good to know. Yeah, you get it right. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> uh, well, hey, let's play some com- comedy. It's actually funny. Um, here is our first comedian, uh, Mike Leibowitz, friend of friends of the show, uh, Mike Bridenstine. Lebo looks like a caveman, and I'm not surprised he struggled in school, just like me, so I could relate. I was not good at school, man. I don't know. They told me I had attention deficit disorder, which maybe it's true, but seemed a little suspicious to me when it's coming from the school. <laughs> right? Because, like, who would accuse you of a deficit of attention? Eh. Right. Probably someone who's boring as shit. Right? <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Never once did a nipple. <laughs> Of any gender ever have to be like, hey, Mike, over here. I was always focused, you know? (laughs) So I think perhaps the problem is not with me. That's all I'm saying. I think he's got a good point. It's like, you know, the the people that are boring as fuck are the people who are like, maybe you have trouble paying attention. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't have any trouble, like, counting my baseball cards or doing any of the other shit that actually fucking matters to me. Like, I would spend weekends reorganizing my baseball cards. You're telling me I have a trouble paying attention. Mm-hmm. No, you, your system fucking sucks. And it's supposed to break you down and make you somebody that can be a good employee in the future. Like, it was literally made for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thanks for agreeing. Uh, this is Shepard Haas. Haas? I haven't heard his name said. He's got an interesting style. You know, there's like um, piano comics or guitar comics. Okay. Where yeah. They, but uh-huh. He doesn't have funny sounds. He's just like lightly and gently playing the piano in the background as if he has like background music while he tells jokes. I thought this was pretty funny. I'll do, I'll do anything. I'll do anything that doesn't drug test me. <laughs> no, because a drug test doesn't test if you do drugs. Okay, a drug test tests if you can go one week without doing drugs. <laughs> That's a different test. If you want to do a real drug test, they should just offer you drugs. <laughs> right? 
Like at the end of the interview, they should be like, hey, thanks for coming in. Before you go, uh, would you like to do some drugs? I fucking love drugs. The guy's like, dude, I would fucking love to do some drugs. <laughs> it's like, dude, that was the drug test. What the f were you thinking? It's just the, the music keeps going. I never knew when to cut that clip off. Um, this guy, this okay, this next guy, he is a local legend and becoming a national uh, comic like that you, you'll see, you know, in L.A. and elsewhere. Uh, but he is a Nashville guy. His name's Dusty Slay. And I don't mean to scare you, Natasha, but this clip's about tornadoes. Oh, fun. I live in Nashville, Tennessee now. And uh, one December we had a tornado warning and I was listening to the radio and they were telling us what to do during this tornado warning based on what kind of house you live in, right? They were like, if you live in a house with a basement, go into the basement. If you live in a house without a basement, go into a bathroom or a small room. And they were like, if you live in a trailer park, we want you to go to a neighbor's house or go outside and lay down in the ditch. <laughs> Are you imagining our old street? Yeah. Yeah, that's the real news. <laughs> They're like, listen, we don't know what to tell you. Well, you made some bad decisions along the way. <laughs> hey, you got to deal with this. Like, we can't help you. They're like, yeah, I know it's raining out there. And that ditch is going to be full of water. <laughs> yeah. Just get down in it. Uh, I, I mean, what are you supposed to do when you're in a, in, a, in a trailer park? Actually, fuck that question. Did you see that video from Kansas from this week? Oh, my God. So scary. Dude, so we saw the first videos where it was, like, kind of on ground level. Did you see the one from the rooftop where it was just, like, honestly, I don't know why I'm so excited about this. Like, I just realized my tone. That was fucking like emotionally disturbing to watch. Mm -hmm. You're just like watching people's lives get ripped up into the sky like it's nothing and then blend in with everybody else's lives that got ripped up into the sky and then tossed around a neighborhood. Just unbelievable. Yeah, so scary. So sad. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. Um, well, let's. This will be our last clip uh, before we get into some of our, of our news clips. Um, the This is a, a comedy... This is a comic I haven't seen before. His name is Andy Haynes. He just came up on my Instagram feed. I liked it. It's a joke about astronauts. Did you know there's an astronaut Hall of Fame? I did not I, know this. And either. He's, he, I bet his point is kind of where you're going with this. So let's just... I was doing this joke for a while about space, and so I, I decided to do some research on astronauts. And I found out that there's an astronaut Hall of Fame. If you don't know why that's weird, there's only been 90 astronauts. <laughs> that's less people than this. So imagine out of you, some of you got in the Hall of Fame and some of you did not. <laughs> if you didn't get in, you'd be pissed. You'd be like, wait a second, I went to space. And they'd be like, you didn't do anything cool up there, I'm sorry. <laughs> now this is the part that's bad. And the entire Challenger crew is in the Hall of Fame. And if you don't know why that's weird, they did not... <laughs> make it to space. They did not... Aww. If we're talking pass-fail, one of the worst group of astronauts we've ever had as a nation. Don't pull back. You know what I'm talking about. Fuck. And now think you went to space and you're still not in the Hall of Fame. You see that shit? <laughs> oh. oh, I feel so bad laughing at that. <laughs> did you know when the... Uh, the which was the the Columbia, the one that the sec, the one that blew up on reentry? Mm. Um, this is 
Just a weird fact that only I know, and I'll say it on my podcast because I'll never be on Jeopardy. This doesn't sound like it. This is too spicy for a Jeopardy question. <laughs> so just a dumb, weird fact to know. Mm-hmm. The, the, when, that, when that space shuttle disintegrated on reentry, it did so over a town in Texas called Palestine. Hmm. There was an Israeli astronaut on board. Whoa. That is weird, right? That is weird. It's the universe. And they didn't pick that for any reason. No, it was an accident. Nothing was supposed That's to disintegrate crazy. over Texas. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, like they, they, they weren't like, hey, when we come in, even if it's a good landing, let's go over Palestine, Texas. No. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't think they pronounce it Palestine. Adrian Peterson's from Palestine, Texas. That's who oh. we named the little white dog after. Mm-hmm. And then he started beating his kids. And I said, I named him after uh, Adderall. And then we changed her name to Betty White. Because Betty White passed away. And Betty sounds just like Addie and the dog can't tell the difference. Oh, that dog's got a whole lot of mental problems, and most of them because of the name changes, probably. Um, oh, hey, let's get into some of our uh, sort of news-related ones. Like, what's this called? This is our How About That segment. So first up under our How About That segment, this, uh, it's I, I know it's a few weeks old, but I can't help it. I like to still talk about it. Um, the uh, Will Smith slab. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found an old clip of Bernie Mac and Chris Rock on Oprah. Moving for Chris and Bernie. Um, you, you guys know, asking my him. Thing was, I really your punches the looked scenes. good. Did any of those punches land, though? Uh, no, I might have hit Bernie like once, mm-hmm. I think. And he, you know, I was like, oh my God, I hit you. He's like, you can't hurt me. <laughs> no, I did. No, I know how to throw my punches. And you, just, you know, the last thing you want to do is hit Chris. <laughs> you know, I wish somebody would hit Chris. Oh. You know? Why in the hell you want to hit Chris? <laughs> that ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> Man, I miss Bernie Mac. <laughs> Did you see... You saw Bad Santa, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he stole that movie, even though Billy Bob was like... I think of that more than I think of like any other Billy Bob movie for some reason, by the way, too. It's like the only one I can think of, actually. Uh, Monsters Ball, but I don't like thinking about that one either. Oh, yeah. It's got a really creepy sex scene. Yeah. Yeah. Or theme in general. Um, Let's get back to... But we were talking about Bernie Mac and how amazing he is. Mm -hmm. A little bit more from our How About That segment. Uh, Have you been paying attention, Natasha, to this Depp and her divorce? Oh, yes. Oh, well, I mean, you mostly fill me in, so. So I don't I don't feel like this is I tried so there was a clip that I didn't get to isolate because there was just too much going on in it, but they were like trying to say that he had his penis out and he was urine, urinating in the foyer. Foyer? 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 That's a tough one. Um and and the person on the stand was like, "No, that's not what happened." And he kept like battling the person who's like examining him or cross-examining him Mm -hmm. um it just wasn't a good enough clip i feel there's just it's this is so weird yeah they're bringing everything out i mean shitting on beds and he had poured a a mega pint of wine that's what this one's about i don't understand where this is going you may have been may have been drunk in that video correct there's a possibility of that. Just, <laughs> you, you, you poured yourself a, um, a mega pint of red wine, correct? A mega pint. So is mega pint, like if the lawyer's saying that, you would assume he's like quoting something. But he never says, as, you, as described, a mega pint. And yeah. then when he calls him out on it, he's like, he doesn't say, well, that's what you called it. Like he just, this, this fucking lawyer calls this a... Uh, 
um, a mega pint of red wine. <laughs> I can't Correct. believe his lawyer isn't saying objection to right. this. Right. Like, I mean, that's relevance, not a description. Right? Yeah. No, it's not. Like, is that a fucking Home Depot bucket? Like, <laughs> a mega pint. I poured myself a large glass of wine. Right. I thought it necessary. Right. Is a mega pint like the 22 instead of the 16 ounce? Remember that fucking beer we got where I ordered the 22 and they gave me the last five ounces of foam? Yeah. Still rustled about that. I know. All right. Where were we? Uh, oh, this one's, uh, I think he's just like picking on her. Like every opportunity, I mean, which I guess that's clearly what this is about. They don't like each other. But the the judge, at the judge, the lawyer asked him if he's bigger than her. And he was like, no, I don't think so. Well, here's the clip. Now, you're a lot bigger than Amber, correct? Physically? I wouldn't say that. That's just to piss her um, off, right? <laughs> the stand, I would, would you agree with me that... that um, Right? Like, like he's calling her fat? Yeah, like that's clearly <laughs> what it's about. Like he's trying to make her insecure about it, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. But then the rest of the, have you heard this whole clip? I haven't heard any of this, but he's, he's so charming. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me back up so we can hear him. The lawyer's going to say, like, uh, okay. um, the stand, I would, would you agree with me that, that, um, this lawyer's nervous, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, that was Johnny Depp. I, I loved you at Fair Loathing. Yeah. yeah. I would, would you agree with me that, that um, the standards of a Southern gentleman were not in your mind in this particular moment, were they? What um, do you think he's hinting at there? What, what of a Southern gentleman do you think, think? I mean, we live in Tennessee. Is he talking about like incest? Mm. I think he's just trying to be cool for Johnny. Southern gentleman. Yeah, he's like trying to use different lingo to come across as cool. Like maybe after this, they could be friends. That, well, he's forcing it. Like that sounds yeah. embarrassing, right? Yeah, but you know, have you ever gotten tongue tied oh, around someone that you want to impress and yeah. you say all sorts of weird shit? Yeah, that's what this is. That's what it feels like. I haven't heard a good clip of this lawyer. <laughs> like there isn't a clip that I don't have anymore. Like he's always stammering. He's always like, like, I mean, okay, he represents a firm, right? The, I'm sure the firm was like, hey, you're fine if there's a camera there, right? <laughs> you're fine if this is a high-profile... Sl- it's not like it's jury duty and it's like the luck of the draw, sort of. Like, you don't know what your case is going to be. The lawyers know what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Just use a different lawyer. He's obviously not that good. It's not like, oh, man, but he's an ace otherwise. No, he's doing dog shit and he sounds like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad um, Johnny got to clear his name a little bit. Actually, can you talk about that? I've never felt comfortable talking about that on the show because like, it's just me and Alan <laughs> talking about how we love hitting women or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story there? I mean, I haven't gone too deep in it, but I remember a couple years ago, he was super canceled and it really bummed me out because I really do like him as an actor. Um, you saw the Pirates movies, right? Well, no. <laughs> I just He's so weird and he just really embraces every role he's in. But, it, you know, it came out that he was abusive and it's like, oh, man, another another actor. There we go. Yeah, can't have heroes. Right? And then this whole frenzy and performative piece that's been put on in the courts is, I mean, he is at least um, able to shine some light on really what happened. And everyone kind of, you know sussed it out a little bit once all the stories started getting shared yeah like it it really sounds to be confirmed like i know we had a mutual friend that shared um a bunch of stuff that at first it looked like it was so they they like phrased the relationship with johnny depp and his ex-wife this Mm -hmm. is the divorce 
Um, and you, you got the impression they were talking about a man hitting a woman. And then they're like, it's all backwards. It's the other way around. And I was like, dude, I, this is the first woman I've seen sharing this. And, you know, it's just unusual to see that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really in the last couple of weeks, right? That the narrative feel, got turned around or at least in mass media. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like even going into this divorce, people's assumption was, it was just him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't know. It's not like I keep up to date on this type of shit. That's it, the other thing is like, you don't hear about it unless it becomes like a high profile right. divorce. I mean, there's some, there's some equally fucking crazy women out there as there are men. And sure, we want to protect women, but also protect men too. Nobody should be well, suffering. Just protect victims. Yeah, uh, yeah. protect victims. And, yeah. and it's, it's crazy that this whole thing is, is even on camera. Like I'm so... I, I, <laughs> like, wait, like, like why are there cameras in that fucking courtroom? I think like, Johnny's the one that's that like... wants it? He's yeah, like, I'll be he's able to I mean, he she, knows what true. he's doing. Well, she was in Aquaman. Yeah, but you know... <laughs> I learned that today. <laughs> Somebody had sign a petition. It'll take two minutes of your time. Remove Amber Heard from Aquaman. I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck about Aquaman or her getting SAG credits. I don't know. Like, yeah. Residuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can we move on? Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this. Um, this is uh, this is a clip. So it's been a couple of weeks since we talked about Tucker and his testicle tanning. Tucker's testicle tanning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it came up on Hunk with Mike Bridenstein. Just everybody's cross-talking. There's five people on the show total, and that's part of the fun of it because, you know, they, they're good at talking over each other, but literally everybody shut up except for this one guy while he happened to make maybe the joke of the show. Mike's joke's pretty good, too, and I'm going to leave it in because that's what sets us up pretty well. Beautiful. I guess you would have to, like, cut a little uh, sack uh, pouch. Tucker Carlson said, put your balls through the zipper and nothing else, or you're not a man. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to think of how you're doing Maybe uh, I'm doing it right now. I got it's my... It's called tucking your Carlson. That's right. Leg. I'm not taking testicle advice from a guy named Tucker. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh. I was so pissed off that we did all... Like, we spent 15 fucking minutes talking about that, and neither me or Alan considered, like, wait... We've got a guy named Tucker talking about what you do with your dick and balls. <laughs> it's a fucking uh, adjective. Mm-hmm. Hey, Petra, can you make less noise? Thank you. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. I-, I said that I was excited about that one, but I, and I was, but I was actually reading ahead. I, I was thinking of making a new segment, uh, especially for whenever you're on the show and calling it the Aussie moment of the week. Oh, so this is from an account on Twitter called Batshit Moments in Aussie History. Mm-hmm. I bought this through security. A pipe bomb. Guess who's saying that? I brought this through. Okay, wait, can you translate that? What did he say? He brought a bomb through security. What, what's your guess of the profession and the setting that he's saying that? Is he a politician? He is. This is in a, like a, their Senate hearing. Parliament. I bought this through security. A pipe bomb. Um, I also brought in instructions on how to when make. When I was a, pipe a kid, <laughs> we used to blow stumps out on the farm. What did, wait, hold ago. on. What, what did he just say? He used to blow stump bomb or you, stumps out. So, like, I think that's yes, that's true. Yeah. I just that's amazing. You can hear that. <laughs> in the... We used to blow stumps out on the farm fifty years ago. Okay. Checks out. Um, we'd get we'd get some nitropril. A quart of distance, <laughs> plug of jelly, and a detonator, light the bloody thing, and go to buggy. We could blow a tree the size of this building out of the ground. Everybody's gasping. Did you hear that person whisper, like, you really shouldn't be bringing that in? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I, they're crazy here. Don't get me wrong, but I just—it's like, a different. It's like Florida man crazy when they do crazy in Australia, and it's really fun to highlight. You have no thoughts. You're just dead silent. I you're, mean, you're gonna speak up for your people here. It's. I mean, I you you've met my family, right? Yes. It's. It seems very normal to me. Okay, you're like, this isn't remarkable. Like, yeah. I didn't tune into None Taken for you to talk about <laughs> normal shit like Senate, par- members of parliament describing pipe bombs. Yeah. And, okay. It's like a Texan having a gun. It's. I, yes, okay, but it's fun to showcase. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? While we're thinking of stereotypes, um, this is a fun little clip about ethnic nicknames and what can go I'm wrong. I'm half Italian and half Jewish, so some people call me a pizza bagel. <laughs> I'm half African American and half Filipino, so some people call me the N-word. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did Alan think it was? Nutella? <laughs> okay. Um, this next clip is uh so so these are great moments in um leadership history and speeches. So this first clip is Winston Churchill, followed by Trump, followed by Biden, followed by Biden. That is the result of his Majesty's government. What? I heard government. I heard government, too. I actually <laughs> figured out what he's saying here. This is close enough to Australian. Let's see if you can figure this one out. That is the result of his majesty's government. What do you got? Oh, God. Can I, I, do you want to hear it one more time before I tell you what I think it is? Okay. That is the result of his majesty's government. I, I, that no. is the resolve of his majesty's government. Uh, right? Yeah. It's got to be, right? Here we go. That is the resolve of his majesty's government. Totally. But that's also like backtracking. Like, it's also, if I said, like, the Satan said, eat your children, you'd be like, I kind of hear that too. <laughs> uh, but that's not that. Truth, essential. Him. There's that one. <laughs> it's his app. Truth, truth, essential. But then there's this guy. Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. And this. Some people just really were not meant to be public speakers. How dare you? You're going to talk about Winston that Churchill like that? That is the result of his Majesty's government. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mouthful of marbles and they're just like blah, blah, blah. you ever put like a meatball in your mouth one of those mini meatballs but it's still too hot like fresh out of the crock pot and you just go blah, blah, roll it around in your mouth and like blow air across it mm. that's what it would sound like no, not him that is the result of his government. Yeah, he's just cooling off some meatballs mm. I said something very specific that I've done once mm-hmm. do you think anybody else has ever done that I'm sure Okay. that's not your weirdest thing <laughs> that's not my weirdest thing you... you want me to say what your weirdest thing? i don't know what you're gonna say i mean i can always delete it <laughs> we'll just leave the mystery there hmm. can, you, can i talk to you in the kitchen for a minute <laughs> um thank oh that's cute okay uh that's gonna be really funny when it's beeped out <laughs> Um, oh, oh, you know what? We were just talking about this guy. Birds aren't real. He was on 60 fucking minutes. Did you know that? Mm, no. Here, check this out. What bird is most suspicious to you? This is legitimate. This is fucking 60 minutes, but I'm so used to all of the satire that he does. Mm-hmm. This sounds fake, doesn't it? What bird is most suspicious to you? Really every bird. How do you feel about seagulls? Uh, I don't trust them. I'll tell you that. Have you ever been to the beach and 
you got some food left over and a seagull comes over and tries to get it. That's not because it's hungry. You know, the mainstream media wants to sell us this lie that, oh, birds are hungry. Uh, you know, when in fact, the seagulls are taking your food to bring it back to the Pentagon for DNA uh, harvesting and testing. How do you feel about 60 Minutes? I'm surprised you've decided to sit here with us. I'm not going to go on news shows, but shows about, you know, clocks and time. <laughs> I'm okay with sharing um, my information with. And I... <laughs> Shows about time and clocks. <laughs> Dude, he's a fucking madman. He's the best. Like, so what? He just said, like, let us know the questions in advance just so we can prepare and mm -hmm. just writes his comedy for that. Yeah. How come everybody isn't as good of a guest on shows as he is? Oh, man. I want, does he have a girlfriend? I don't know. I'm just so curious of, like, how hard does he take this? Does he, like, stay in character at right? home? Like, this is Andy Kaufman type shit. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't deserve him. He's too good. <laughs> he's too good. Oh, man. Uh, well, that's how about that. Um, okay, now, before we get into Isn't That Something, listeners, you're going to hear this on Wednesday. The news came out Monday night about the Supreme Court and abortions. We're going to fucking talk about that. We're getting there. We have a format, and from what I understand, you appreciate the format. So I'm not going to just switch it all to the front of the show. we got to ease ourselves into those big topics like that. Uh, so we did how about that. Moving on to Isn't That Something. So this one, I'm going to save for when Alan's back. Um, have you ever heard of, so this is a little more serious. Have you ever heard of ethnic entrepreneurs, the phrase? I have not, no. So I was listening to Your Undivided Attention. That's the podcast by um, the guys that did the, not the social network. What was the, uh, what was the documentary about social media? And how they had, remember they had the radical center and they talk about how the algorithm gets you attached to the oh, app by yeah, outrage. Oh yeah, that was like a year ago. Yeah, a year or two came, ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember yeah. what it's called. Um, it wasn't the social network. It was the social dilemma. That's what it was yes. called. Yes. So the people behind that and that woman who, the whistleblower for mm. Facebook or Instagram, mm. um, she's a part of their team as well. She's not on this, but just like that's the program. They, they produced this show called... Um, uh, your undivided attention. So they were talking about what a civil war in the digital age would be like. Um, but this was my favorite subject that came out of it. They talk about something called ethnic entrepreneurs. Um, and in the context of just hij hijacking, um, hi well, hijacking attention and what these apps are great at exploiting. For whatever reason, having to do with human nature, having to do with how our brains are wired, that when people feel threatened, when they live in times of change and uncertainty, that there is this tendency to want to band together with people who are like them. And the narrative that they're saying is, if you don't protect your own tribe, then other tribes will come after you. And that then catapults these individuals into power. And it actually helps them stay there, again, for this reason that once ethnic parties have formed, there's nowhere for voters to go. And so they continue to back these individuals, even if they recognize that these individuals aren't really the best leaders, um, but at least they're their own leaders. Is that... I've got more to play on this clip, but does that sound, doesn't that sound like what we're going through right now? Like, I would agree both sides of our political divide, but I mean, that's exactly sounds like like Trumpism. It's exactly what I was going to say, actually. Yeah. Even though that's not really an ethnic thing, but it's people 
recognize well, themselves as being a part of this party. Right. Yeah. And then they're, they go all in, even though they don't always agree with everything. They're like, no, but this is what I stand for now. Right, right. Yep. Ethnic entrepreneurs, like they, they profit upon playing against our fears and getting us to see our fellow citizens as the gravest threat. Um, and I think social media is sort of infrastructural ethnic entrepreneurship. Before he goes on with that, I mean, I would say, though, as much that I, I, I definitely think that sounds like the extreme ends of like the MAGA crowd mm -hmm. not the average maybe but you know the the most vocal and um adamant that like aren't willing to see flaws you know yeah but at the same time i look at our you know some of our parents not naming names <laughs> and they're they're not extreme magas but they're just unwilling to unwilling like, and, to and they buy into everything that yes. he says happens right yeah actually i i might play this on next week's show i just heard this today i'll, I'll quote it to an extent as best i can you're telling me that we live in a world right now where literally every member of Congress is corrupt, except for a handful that have supported the Trump on like January 6th and, you know, the, the events and, and the, everyone in the electoral process is corrupt. The Supreme Court is corrupt and the media and that the one and only person who is morally capable of navigating and, and saving us through this moment is celebrity apprentice host Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, I'm sorry, that is unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. It turns. Oh, damn it. I paused it for a reason though. <laughs> I was going to say, so he's talking about how it turns people against other groups though. And by, by like saying like, um, well you do this, therefore you're ruining my life. And I mean, that's, that's what we just went through with vaccine mandates and the, you know, you're a monster if you, you know, would dare go out in public or try to live your life and, you know, go mm -hmm. to work. Right. Right. Okay. It just, I don't think, I think it's really easy to point at the MAGA stuff because it's a lot more flagrant, but right. like, and just because you're saying it's out of best intentions and you're saying it really politely doesn't mean that at least there's a group of people that hear it, you know, the way I just described it a second ago. Yeah, it's how you identify. Right. But the problem is they're talking about these entrepreneurs kind of hijack other people, mm -hmm. like DeSantis is kind of doing. Um, and I think social media is sort of infrastructural ethnic entrepreneurship. It turns each and every one of us into an ethnic entrepreneur because we are getting paid in likes and followers and attention for the worst thing we can say about the other side. You know, I think making this real for people in October 2021, Tucker Carlson Originals published a video about January 6th presupposing a war against the people, a, a purge of our patriots, uh, and that the left is hunting the right and sticking them in Guantanamo Bay. So when you have the rhetoric that one side is actually threatening everyone on your side, and, and when they see this egregious overreach by the left, it makes it easier for someone like Tucker Carlson to say, see, they're calling everyone who voted for Donald Trump a domestic terrorist. And when they can point to a simple example, like the fact that, I don't know if it's the FBI or yeah, I forgot yeah. which organization, has you know a domestic terrorism unit that they've been staffing up and that mostly they're worried about right-wing extremists, Tucker Carlson can spin that and say that means that they're going after all of us on the right. And this is the kind of ways that the holographic sort of prism of all these different worldviews colliding leads to more and more escalation. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about with the holographic prism colliding and all that, but that that's where it's like, okay, I don't know. Would you talk like that? 
sounds like a lot of maybe the other stuff's bullshit too but that was just like filler words like does that mean something like it probably means something in techno talk that i'm unfamiliar with okay so let's get into our politicians so you want to make fun of the right or the left first well i guess we were just on the right so we could start with the left okay so I was listening to The Daily, I believe it was on Monday, and they were talking about, oh no, this is maybe last Friday. Anyways, they were talking about how almost everybody's had COVID and sort of, she was asking, the host was asking the expert reporter, the reporter, the host mm-hmm. was asking the reporter that was the guest, you know, based on what you're finding uh, in your interpretation of the data and everything that you're reporting, if I, you know, I just tested positive, but it's been a few days and now I kind of just feel like I have a little bit of a cold, but I have a flight coming up. What should I do? So for me, it's kind of like I just have a cold. And theoretically, I could take Paxlovid, make sure I don't get super sick. I need you to listen to this and imagine this conversation is happening in like, when did the vaccines come out? Uh, late, like late 2020? Ago. Yeah. Okay. So the beginning of 2021. Yeah. Like this is happening in like February of 2021. Mm-hmm. Just imagine all the tolerance and lighthearted shit. They're talking. I'm sure I don't get super sick. Can I get on a plane and go on my vacation or go on a business trip like I would have done, you know, before COVID? If I just had a runny nose, I probably would have gotten on a plane. Well, you know, you can't forget that there are people all around you who might actually be much more vulnerable than you are, who might be vaccinated and boosted and still be at risk or might not be vaccinated. You know, I would say if you can not put other people at risk and stay home, you should. If it's unavoidable, then do everything you can to make sure that you're not going to pass it on to somebody else. So if I wear an N95 the whole time, I am not a monster if I get on the plane. No, you're not a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember when they were laughing at all the right wingers that didn't want to get the vaccine and they thought that they were going to just, you know, get natural immunity and move on from it. Like we're all kind of admitting because the vaccines apparently wear off and don't fucking work Mm -hmm. eventually. Like, I I don't, it wasn't hard for me to accept that when the reality I'd hoped we were getting from the vaccines turned out to not be true. And it was very easy for me to move on in a healthy way. And, you know, I mean, we live together. Mm -hmm. We, We making decisions with that fit our risk budget basically what they're fucking describing they're all jovial as if they didn't demonize a whole population a year ago like this is the same program that would like talk about how everybody's gonna fucking die because people are insisting on going to work and sending their kids to school mm-hmm. yeah this um this woman that she's interviewing this doctor she's she has been pretty harsh they've had her on several times She's like the, she's like the world is ending yeah. all the time. Like there's, there's really not that much hope. Like sure. Everybody, sure. Everybody has had it at this point, but like it's, but it's, if they don't still, shut down yeah. again, we're all going to fucking exactly. die. Yeah. That's I guess kind you, of her tone. I guess you hate healthcare workers and I guess you just want their life to be hell. I guess you want hospitals to shut down again. Well, yeah. What about the economy? Because that's, we, we like, <laughs> like it was cool two years ago. To say, fuck the economy, we need to make sure everybody's safe. When somebody would say, what about the economy? You'd be like, well, we've never tried this. I think we can afford to shut down for two weeks like they said it was going to be. Like, that was a compelling argument and to some people. And guess what? We spent two years running that experiment, and it was really fucking bad. And now we have out-of-control inflation globally, not just in the U.S., because 
all around the world they were doing shit mm-hmm. like what the u.s did and there's the money supply is in flux it's all fucking weird and markets are having trouble correcting for that so like we can safely say that that did not work now the argument will be we didn't do it properly but like okay what you're describing is totalitarian mm-hmm. state and guess what who tried that and did it properly china go take a look at shanghai and beijing right now mm-hmm. it's terrifying I like I, I don't I, I like I'm reversing some of my own thoughts as the pandemic happened. You can listen to the old shows and tell me I'm a fucking hypocrite. I'm calling out the daily for not calling themselves out and saying that shit being like, look, we used to think this. And now we really need to admit that, you know, we have to be able to move on. If the people that are going to be upset if you're on an airplane with your mask off are people that have a compromised immune system when they traveled before covid they had to worry about that. Nothing fucking changed. Yeah. I mean, when we used to travel before, we'd usually get sick and it was pretty shitty. And now you know how to wash and sanitize and... Not share your watermelon with everybody <laughs> exactly. at the pool party? Exactly. Yeah. So are you familiar with this correspondence dinner? I am not. Okay. All right. Cool. So very Australian guest here. Um, the... <laughs> with a very thick accent. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... that, that is really funny, huh? Yeah. That's my excuse for everything you aren't familiar with. I'm like, well, you're Australian. What do you expect? mate so the the correspondence dinner is a entertainment night in dc where all the reporters and a lot of guests of hollywood come and they sort of roast themselves the politicians roast themselves they roast the reporters they jab at each other mm-hmm. um the in that's the where in like 2002 that's where George Bush was, where he was like, uh, he talks about like the ultra wealthy. He's like, this is some of the wealthiest people in the world, otherwise known as my base. And it got a huge laugh Mm -hmm. out of context. That was really bad. And we didn't like have YouTube or any place where there was like a lot of like, like the media didn't exchange things as well as we do now. That was, that was used out of context a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so they had the correspondence dinner for the first time. Trump didn't like it because he doesn't like being actually roasted. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not joking. He was like, yeah, fuck the press. And you guys are all dicks. You're not, yeah. we're canceling this. We're not doing this. So they haven't done it with. So they do it with like no cameras. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. They, they didn't do it. I don't okay. know. It's been on hiatus for the, this. Whole okay. It's been on hiatus. And this is the first time they've done it since Trump was elected. Um, so this is the first time the president attended this dinner in six years. That's right. It's the first time a president's been there. So, this is going to be some of the best Biden that you hear, and it's because they've got comedians writing it for him, and uh-huh. it's effective. I was going to say he's, he's scripted. A, yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Stick to the fucking script, Joe. This is the first time the president attended this dinner in six years. It's understandable. We had a horrible plague, followed by two years of COVID. <laughs> Spicy. Uh, so that's the first clip. This is actually, I like this one. Remember last week when we were talking about all those tapes of Kevin McCarthy, where uh, he was on the phone, where we were playing the clips with him talking about his reaction after January 6th and how he was disavowing himself from Trump and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not really here to roast the GOP. That's not my style. Besides, there's nothing I can say about the GOP that Kevin McCarthy hasn't already put on tape. <laughs> Doesn't he sound like Obi- oh, Biden? Doesn't he sound like Obama a little bit there? Mm. 
spend enough time with him. Back to the New York Times. This was from today's daily. My takeaway from what I'm about to play is this is just the New York Times and Democrats still not getting it about Trump. In four years, mm. Republicans lost the House, the Senate, and the White House. So they're talking about the upcoming Senate races and the primaries going on uh, around the country and what that is, what what the strategies that the Democrats are using and, uh, to counter the Republican strategies. And what they're basically getting at is that, you know, under Trump, they lost the presidency, they lost the House and Senate. So why don't we just basically encourage all the people that get backed by Trump? That way we can just target all these Trump people. That'll be easy. The Senate and the White House, while allied with Donald Trump, and the party remains adhered to him. And that fact is, frankly, one of the things that gives Democrats some hope in 2022. If you don't have a lot to run on, you run against someone else. And in Trump, they think they have someone who they can run against because they've done it before with some success. They can simply run as, you're still the party of Trump. You're still the party that stands by this guy who lost, who was involved in January 6th, who has been kicked off every major social media platform. They can run Democrats against Trump versus a big comprehensive set of ideas possibly possibly that's literally what they chose to do with hillary versus trump in 2016 they encouraged trump to beat the other republicans so that because they're like well we'll beat the star of the apprentice Mm -hmm. they learned fucking nothing because over four years they got the white house back guess what? You're doing the same fucking track right now. Your president's got no approval ratings. You're going to lose the House, probably the Senate in this next election. Why don't you? Because like they framed it, they're like, as opposed to some comprehensive strategy, you could just be like, well, we can make one song rather than an orchestra. It's like, dude, that like, I don't have a fucking dog in this other than I don't prefer the style of government that I'm No, There's a lot I don't like about this style of government the Democrats are giving us especially fiscally. But there are there are a lot of things I am not looking forward to when Republicans have complete control of our government again. And this is the fucking formula to do it because Trump is not on any of these ballots. He is endorsing all of these people, hundreds of them, or at least 100 of them. And I want to say like 140. And those people will win seats and then do the things necessary to help him should he be in a, you know, on a knife's edge like he was in 2020 about winning or not. Like, this is the fucking formula. And you're like, why would we come up with a comprehensive package to go against this? We could just encourage Trump. Not like that ever went wrong once ever. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. He And then blame the Russians. (laughs) Uh, On that same episode, they made a comment about how he's basically treating this like The Apprentice. Oh, or yeah. Had, it was so good how um, all these people, all these senators and governors are are just begging for his approval. And he's just like egging them on and just like cherry picking the ones. Like they come down with like videos, graphics with like large fonts, all the things he really loves, just trying to propose to him better than the other guy. In fact, with Pennsylvania, Mehmet Oz, the... TV doctor went down and said, Hey, this other guy, he, uh, how did he talk shit on him? 
so so the guy running against Oz said they they told Trump that Oz was a Muslim, and the one and and Oz told them that the other oh they showed that the other guy had said bad things about Trump in the past, and they're just like talking shit on each other. That's their way of pitching. Yeah, no actual politics, dude. Unbelievable. Uh, but again, like what? But like what? Okay. It's not normal, right? Like yeah. nobody ever went up to, I mean, I'm sure it did happen like behind the scenes, but there wasn't people going up to George Bush in 2000, 2010 being like, okay, if I kiss the ring, will you endorse me? Mm-hmm. Because we didn't fucking care. Like there wasn't a cult of personality around the leader. We liked them if we liked them, but it wasn't like, it wasn't this religious type figure that it is for so many people with him. Not with everybody, it was so many people with mm-hmm. him. My favorite part was the woman with the, the, the commercial. She, on her local network, she oh, paid yeah. for a commercial. And she couldn't get a seat. She couldn't get an audience with Trump. So she just bought a commercial in Mar-a-Lago that would air in Mar-a-Lago mm-hmm. on the network's Trump watches. So he reached out to her after that. Yeah. Dude, unbelievable. Did yeah. I, were you? No, it was, it was just a great, I mean, I know you don't have the audio of it, but she's like shooting guns and. Oh my God. <laughs> um. Oh, let's let's move over to the right. Uh, God, you know what? Our making fun of the left really turned into making fun of the right. There, <laughs> I did not intend to. I I don't uh, see I don't see parties. That's the phrase. I don't see parties. I just start making fun of politicians I can't stand. Um, that's how you make friends in the podcast universe, baby. <laughs> so this uh, this clip is the Colorado senator. He is grilling uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. The head of the, the of the Department of Homeland Security, and uh, honestly, this guy's got a real shitty fucking tone. <laughs> and, although, listen if my orchestra actually answers it, responds at all. Many of my constituents have asked me whether you will be impeached when Republicans gain control next year. They don't believe that you've committed a high crime, and they don't believe that you've committed a misdemeanor. My constituents want you impeached because they believe you've committed treason. They believe you're a traitor. They compare you to Benedict Arnold. Are you ashamed for what you've done to this country? Dude. Congressman, I have so much to say. You got a minute and 17 seconds to say it. In response to what you have just said, it is so profoundly offensive on so many different levels, in so many different regards. I, I won't ask you for an apology. Don't. Uh, I, I won't. But let me, let me share with you, just quite succinctly, I am incredibly proud of my service to this country. It is more than 20 years of service in the civilian corps. He just goes on to talk about his experience and doesn't answer his questions, which is oh, fine. He's pulling like, a Trump. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's pulling a politician, yeah. right? Like, and uh, so we're going to play that guy a little bit later. So remember the name Mayorkas. Like I said, we'll circle back to him, but let's take a quick little DeSantis interlude. As if they don't have enough issues to deal with, they now have an idea. And I honestly thought this was just a belated April Fool's joke. But they are actually going to create in the Department of Homeland Security a Bureau of Disinformation. It's basically a ministry of truth. And what they want to do is they want to be able to put out false narratives without people being able to speak out and fight back. They want to be able to say things like Russia collusion and and perpetuate hoaxes 
and then have people like us be silenced. They want to be able to advocate for COVID lockdowns. They want to be able to be. All right. You can see where he's going. Mm -hmm. This I just. okay. I don't necessarily. Okay, he's. I fucking hate that this um, this department is is being created, but that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. So he's like these are so they want to be able to target individuals or whatever he said, right? Um, yeah, that's the fear and manipulation of the. I, I, this is the last I'm going to fucking defend this thing, but that that is the fear and manipulation. This is what we just talked about: ethnic entrepreneurs. Um, it, it, that, that word "ethnic" throws that off. It right? really throws yeah, me off. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, this but it's it's that example though of like people hijacking other people. It's what I talked about last week about him. So the or was it two weeks ago, whatever. Um, you know what? Probably both. The the thing that really is stupid about that though is he's the one that goes out on the media and says it's not called the "Don't Say Gay" bill. It's not called that. Why would you call it the "Don't Say Gay" bill? Look, tell me where it's written in the text. What? That's not what it's called. It's the parental rights. It's like motherfucker. You're set. You're the one right now doing that same shit. Like I, I didn't expect you to be consistent. But damn, bro, like that's the whole lesson from House, right? Like, remember the TV show House? You could be the biggest asshole in the world. You just can never be wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you can never be wrong, do it. You could. This is a week later. Like, the, but again, he's not. Nobody holds him to that standard. And when people like me get upset about it, his friends go, "Ha ha, Desantis machine go burr," you know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, we're gonna get back into Mayorkas here. So Mayorkas is defending that uh it's god damn it's not called the ministry of truth they call it the sounds like a cult yeah i know well well ministry of truth is a reference to 1984 um so like this is fucking orwellian sounding the let me play this clip this is this is mayorkas there's a lot of places to pause and jump in and out on this clip this Uh, is mayorkas on cnn probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do so the, the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. This is that same guy from before that didn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this department has been addressing it for years throughout the years of the prior administration and an ongoing basis. Disinformation from Russia, right. China, We know Iran. the problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act. What, what will it do? So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity... Disinformation Governance Board mm-hmm. as a division within the Department of Homeland Security. And his way of diffusing it, there's plenty more to play. His way of diffusing it at the beginning is to go, these are a lot of things that we were already doing. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, then I have an impromptu just asking questions. What the fuck do we have a State Department and CIA for and a budget for them if you're just going to create a new department to do half of their jobs for them? Yeah. Like, we don't, this is like the, the duplicity or um, multiple layers of unnecessary... What's the word for that that's not duplicity? Uh, this is what you get from bureaucracy, though. What, what will it do? So what it does... This is such fucking corporate speak. I just have a, a quick question for you. Uh, yeah. What? What's, uh, I'm, like, forgetting what the word is. Um, communism. 
<laughs> yeah. So doesn't it remind you of the when, Soviet Union when they were trying to to find all of you know in in the U.S. Oh, oh, like the Red Scare type shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's why you don't do this because it encourages. Oh, you know what this is going to do? This is going to encourage people to say, "Hey, the FBI is surveilling us. We, you know, they're specifically targeting you, white people. Don't you need to be worried?" Mm-hmm. Like it, it's ripe for people to exploit the way you didn't mean that to sound. Trust me, as someone who talks off the hip all the time, because that's not even a phrase, shoots from the hip all the time. I know what it's like to have to keep saying like, look, we can talk for 30 minutes and you'll understand what I meant to say. If you insist on misinterpreting me, I can't fucking help that. But you can help that when you don't invent a fucking Orwellian department. I'm going to play the rest of this. Is It works to ensure that the way in which we address threats... That's what I keep saying. This is Listen to this corporate... You work in the corporate world. Listen to this not like... This sounds like this is what you zone out to in a meeting at the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy and the board, this working group, internal working group group. will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational authority. They don't even have operational authority. American citizens be monitored. No. No. Guarantee that. So (laughs) what we do, we we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't. He he totally has quotes, right? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do they need is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries, from the cartels, and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. Republicans are criticizing. Just, 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 first of all, that was gobbledygook. I've heard it enough times because I recorded it and now I've played it here. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is this group... This that we're creating is going to assess external threats that will that they fear will be disseminated to internal groups and have those internal groups be used against our government by communicating internally an external threat like Russia, China, whatever, mm-hmm. what they want us to believe. I, I hear that. And then he says, so they're going to interpret that and then pass that information on to law enforcement, to operators, and those operators will do what they've been doing. It's like, okay, so what were those operators just been doing before? Probably everything this fucking group was, mm-hmm. which is why I, I'm so kind of like, I want to be outraged at this, but I know this shit's been going on. Like, this has been going on. They were just dumb enough to be like, look, well, why don't we label six of those people under a different group and we'll have it specifically cited to be stopping these foreign threats about like, you know, misinformation and disinformation. That'll look proactive. It's like, no, idiot. You're going to make half the country think that you're spying on them. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be even harder to get anybody to believe you. Yeah. And sounds like someone wants a raise. So. Right. <laughs> yes. Your decision, the administration's decision to choose Nina Jankowitz to lead. This oh, this lady they hired. Board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. Your response? She's like a TikTok fucking star for um, like you probably saw like a cringy video where she's like just a spoon full of sugar makes the medicine go down. But it was a parody of anti-vaxxers. 
Ah. Uh, and yeah. like it's or no, uh, the big lie, the president. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, like I believed what she was saying, and I was like, oh, I can't have anything. I'm ready to change my fucking political opinion over this. <laughs> he qualified a renowned expert in the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. Would you be okay if Donald Trump were president, if he created this disinformation board, governance board, or if it is in place and he wins again in 2024, that he's in charge of such a thing? Listen to this non I believe that this working group that gathers together, gathers together best practices, makes sure that our, our work is coordinated, consistent with those best practices, that we're safeguarding the right of free speech, that we're safeguarding civil liberties, I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor. They asked you if you're worried about Trump having control of it, asshole. Don't say, I'm excited about this. That's literally mm -hmm. what he said. He's like, I think this is a good idea. That's not even close to what I asked you. Yeah. Because he couldn't say no. Because is this not his decision? That's clearly somebody that didn't sign off on this and had to go in front of the camera, huh? Hmm. Because if he was, if he believed that, he'd be like, "Oh, of course, this is fine. Here's why I think so." Well, I, I don't think he can really give a, an opinion of which politician he prefers because he'll still be there. Then he regardless. should say that. I'm not worried, no matter who the party yeah. is controlling this. But he couldn't say that. It would have been easy to have said that. Yeah. So he, but he doesn't believe that. Mm, yeah. And that, which point. means he probably didn't have any say about whether this should exist or not. This has. Colin Powell selling yellow cake under Dick Cheney's advice written all over it. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm not taking him off the hook, though, just like I did with Colin. Um, rest in peace. That was weird. Um, <laughs> let's move on to, oh, man, I've got this right wing culture war crazy talk super clip I really want to play. Can you can, are you ready for it? OK, I'm ready. The, the sort of the basic level of this that I'm not going to platform these guys. They're very popular. This is one of the most popular um, podcasts in libertarian, alt-right, conservative circles uh, of which I overlap in. Like nobody will accept me there because I'm a libertarian on, on like a handful of things. I'm, I don't, I, I strongly disagree with them. So I'm just completely rejected from these groups, which is fine with me. I don't need to sit there and stew in this. Um, but I like to listen to these podcasts because every once in a while he has good guests on, or I like checking in when I'm like, Ooh, what the fuck? So this podcast was like the transgender transhumanist agenda. I'm like agenda. Okay. Let's hear what this is about. And I'm glad I jumped in, but this is a banana super clip I made. The, the sort of the basic level of this, the gender fluidity, everything is every, everyone is everything, whatever you want to be in whatever moment, to break down any form of categorization or classification to ultimately get at what was re re uh, revealed in a bizarre and very interesting white paper from a Canadian government think tank. Oh, Canadian government think tank had a white paper. <laughs> these devices in our bodies... What are we? Are we really human? Oh, we're cyborgs. So um, this is where it's ultimately heading. I think the trans agenda is ultimately at the bottom line is the transhumanist agenda. And there are a lot of different steps along the way and different philosophical implications of that. But at least that's where I situate what this is really about. I've looked at this and it's like, well, these people can't reproduce because it seems like they want your children to be their children so they can't have their own, they're not gonna have their own kids i'm gonna turn your kids like to look like me because everybody wants you know no he's saying since trans people can't have kids mm -hmm. they 
are going to, that's why, because this is in the fantasy world where grooming is like a pandemic, right? Uh-huh. So that's happening so they can turn your kids into their kids. The I, paranoia, I don't I know. I don't understand. I don't either. Hold on. Okay. You're, You're mad about children. not being in these guys' club? No, I'm not at all. I'm <laughs> saying that, like, okay, no, I, I'm not. I'm saying that, like, I live in a world where you have tolerance for people that are, like, edged to you or, what's that called? Um, perpendicular to you, like, I don't neighbors, right? Uh-huh. Or different in general. Like, I have tolerance because I can't fucking change your mind and I can't insist on it. I'd rather find a way to tolerate you. I may not even like you sometimes. Those people, I don't go and listen to their podcasts. But, like... It, it's upsetting to me that he'll say things and he'll tweet things and I'll be like, okay, this, this, and this, I really agree with. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? This, the, honestly, this episode was like a line for me. I was like, I don't know when I'm going to check back in again. Like I'm mm-hmm. fucking done. And I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll just clip this up and see what somebody else thinks about this. To be their children. So they can't have their, they're not going to have their own kids. I'm going to turn your kids to look like me because everybody wants, you know, that's why uh, people have kids. They want a little version of them running around. So you have all these people like, I mean, mm. I don't remember a male kindergarten teacher when I was in school. What? That would have been weird. The, and now they. I remember a male kindergarten teacher when I was in school. Yeah. It wasn't weird. Yeah. That's weird to say that. Yeah. That's really weird to say that. Old kindergarten teacher when I was in school. That would have been weird. And now they have gay male kindergarten teachers who want to talk about their weekends. This seems like an, they're just having seems conversations like with the kids. Like, so don't talk about your weekend. Yeah. I don't want to hear about your personal life. This isn't none taken. Talk about their weekends. This seems yeah. like an, this seems like an agenda of yeah. not only that, yeah. but to. Like it would be a start towards depopula- depopulation where you don't have to start putting bullets in people's heads. What? what? How does context, he jump yeah, to this? It's sort of like the, the grooming culture know. that is clearly a part of this. And I think that is a part of this. But that to me is, I think this is ultimately about the ultimate form of control, not just control over governance of of nation states or governance of the planet but literally control over the human species we were talking about trans a and second we ago can identify that wow. in the trans agenda specifically going back to hermaphrodite or hermaphroditus that's how long uh, the, the agenda has been greek going on god it's greek history the, uh, the offspring of aphrodite Mythology. and hermes he was such a incredibly beautifully handsome boy that uh, there was a, a nida or whatever they call them, um, that tried to rape him. But more than just rape him, she wanted to become part of him. And that's where we get hermaphrodites, so the idea of being two things. And th- th- that's so there's where it a comes sort of, that's where it comes from. I think that's, that's manifested in, the, in sort of the Western mythological uh, structure as the wedding of man and woman is meant to be that union that brings... I, if I'm tracking, he just said the history of the trans agenda goes back to Hermaphrodite, the Afro, Hermes and Afro, and what Aphrodite. And, uh, okay, I'm following so far, so the trans agenda goes back to that. Um, and then now, if I understand what he just said, he said that is represented in Western culture in a wedding mm-hmm. because you can be a, a man and a woman together. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what that represents at all. No. This is the definition of starting from a conclusion and working backwards and then talking forwards from that to make your wackadoo point. Together the male and female. And that's that's the oneness that creates 
sort of spiritual unity. Um, but now they're trying to say, no, 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 we don't need a man and a woman. No, now you are the hermaphrodite. You are both sides of this, and what? you can manifest it in yourself. No one's trying to Look make him gay. I haven't done the search, but I'm going to oh. bet. For example, the easiest way to see this. Agenda, I love this one. He goes, this. he goes, I haven't done the search, but I'm going to bet. And then he goes off with this wild speculation. I haven't done the search, but I'm going to bet. For example, the easiest way to see this agenda in play today. Look for, oh, I don't know, say BlackRock. What share of, how many shares of Disney does BlackRock own? And you will find inevitably, invariably, it's some percentage point. They may be the largest single shareholder of Disney. Some percentage may be the largest. I guarantee it'll always come back to these same few. I I don't know. I don't know if he needs to understand this, but um, BlackRock would invest in Disney because it's profitable. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Just. Guarantee it'll always come back to these same few. And I'm sure you saw this coming. I cut it off before he said what he was thinking. Again, I guarantee it'll always come back to these same few. The Jews. The biosecurity agenda. It's always what it's always. It always like that's when you listen to this long enough. It's like, oh, that's right. You're an anti-Semite, huh? Mm -hmm. But they can't say it. You know, you have this conversation publicly. And then once you get drunk at the bar, you're like, you ever noticed that, uh, X, Y, and Z groups are all ran by... Okay, check, 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 check. Please check. Yeah. Ultimately, the biosecurity agenda. In fact, COVID was only important as the vehicle for introducing the biosecurity agenda. The biosecurity agenda itself is not important. It's only important as a vehicle for introducing people to the vaccine passport system, which is the front edge of the wedge for ultimately the social credit system, central bank digital currency. That is what this is about. And all of that is about having that switch. Yeah. So the trans agenda is leading to the central bank digital currency. And you heard it here first. I didn't know they were so powerful. I know, right? <laughs> you think they'd have a lot more things going their way. Like, <laughs> like I mean, like in terms of like actual existing and exertable power, this would literally be like white people in the 1850s being like, but these blacks, like they're just in control of everything. Look at these farms. They wouldn't run if it weren't for them. They're secretly in control of it all. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, wow. I know, I know. But like you said, nobody's trying to make him gay. Uh, well, I don't have the left to make fun of anymore. So let's move on to our big stories. So if you want to hear us talk about Ukraine, you'll have to wait till our Friday show. Um, some big news came up this week. And like I said, when we talked about this earlier on, um, you know, this isn't just the type of show we do. We don't just jump right into that. So let's talk about it on Wednesday, on, on Monday night, Monday night. Yeah. Monday night, Natasha was talking to me about all the news about the Met Gala and, uh, Kim Kardashian wearing what Marilyn, not Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Monroe's actual dress. Yeah. And I was getting upset about this, like in that moment. And I was like, what the fuck? And I opened up my phone to look for it. I go to Instagram and boom. The Supreme Court uh, draft resolution has been uh, leaked. So kind of odd that it was a leaked. Yeah. And the uh, timing. Yeah. So on this show, we like to, um, you know, I always struggle because I want to have a sense of humor while we talk about heavier subjects. And uh, I, I had somebody say before, like, oh, well, you know, you keep it light. You don't want to keep it light. Like um, on that, don't look up how they were doing the morning show and they're like, Hey, we can't talk about serious shit. It was Uh like a joke. And I was like, well, that's not what we do. We're more like George Carlin. And then I was like, well, fuck, I've got a George Carlin bit. I can play about abortion. 
Boy, these conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. <laughs> Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no head start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. <laughs> then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. Pro-life. Pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like them. They don't like women. So I think he's wrong, though. I think they love women just as long as they can control them. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have you here. If it was me and Alan talking about abortions just like every other time, you know, every week we have our abortion corner. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, it, it is interesting that you are here for your opinion on this subject. You're not a Republican or a Democrat, so... Do you, does it feel like they're anti-women or is that an exaggeration? I mean, it's a comedy. I mean, that might, bit. that's, I mean, it's complicated. Does it feel that way? Like though, like when things like this happen and you're like, whoa, do you just like hate? Like, yeah. I mean, anytime someone takes away your choice over your body, it definitely feels like an attack. And, and, and just for context, like you're not thrilled about abortions. No, you, it's not I, a I choice mean, if, you would love to make. If you want me to have a conversation well, we now, but no, yeah, 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 we okay. can. Get yeah, into that's that. true. Yeah, we'll talk about the choice side of this when we have more of a conversation about it. So, uh, I need a drink before that. I do too. Do you want to take a quick drink break? Yeah. Okay. This is the B side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> in the canyons of your mind. I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Right, well, let me play this. I've got a couple of clips from The Economist kind of just to set the table on this, and we'll get into the subject a lot more. If this draft opinion or something like it becomes law, it would put abortion out of the reach of millions of American women. Justice Leto says in this draft opinion that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, so not much hedging there around language. Let me talk about that. So when this first, um, when they heard this case a few months back, the the notes and the way that the questions that were asked during that session sounded like most most likely Roe was going to get overturned. And the way they were going to overturn it was to sort of nudge the language and kind of like just not, they, it didn't sound like they were going to, there was going to be like a nuanced way of it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Nope, this is just strictly against our history and background and nothing that we stand for. John Prito hosts checks and balance our weekly podcast on American politics. 
He said the, the original reasoning by Justice Blackman was exceptionally weak, had damaging consequences, and that, quote, the inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. It's very unusual for the Supreme Court to overturn... Not deeply rooted in the state's history and traditions, the right to one. Like, for, first of all, women didn't fucking have rights for a long fucking time. Yeah. Nothing like you'd consider like the, the, the methods to have an abortion at the time. I mean, the real sophisticated version was to fill it up with Lysol and have it fall out. Before that, it was all the gruesome shit that people are going to be doing now. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't. You don't get rid of abortions. You just get rid of safe abortions. Right. Yeah. The same number roughly is going to happen because people are not going to want to have their children. They have to raise children. they're desperate for whatever reasons that they, they need. The, well, here, let me play a little bit more. And one of its own opinions on a matter that's as high profile as this. The court does sometimes go back and say, actually, we got that one wrong. But there's a general principle, stare decisis, which says that settled law stands more or less so we talked a little bit over that the starry decesis starry decesis i always hear it almost as like one fucking word and i can't speak latin <laughs> so starry decesis is basically like we consider this settled law we've made a decision on this like they did with roe versus wade mm -hmm. and they're saying that that's kind of in question now basically like case law and precedent is now in flux so a bunch of other cases like gay marriage. So it brings into question previous decided cases. Mm -hmm. And he's, Alito has, he's made some comment after this leaked to try to, or, or the way it was written is to try to say like, no, this is just about this scenario. It's like, well, that's not how this fucking works. That's either a principled decision or it isn't. Mm -hmm. So that means that other rights that you think you have can be undermined in the same method. That's what I fucking hate about this. Yeah. I, I When we talked about this months ago, I never would have thought that this would have happened. This is what Democrats are going to use as a strategy to repeal the Second Amendment. I mean, they could. They could. I mean, it wouldn't be the exact same argument, but over a long enough strategy and getting their judges in there somehow, mm -hmm. pack the court, expand it to 24 judges and just fill it with Democrats like that. I. If that sounds appalling to you, that's how a lot of people feel right now about this case. This is, this is, I don't want to get into the morality of it because that is the part where there's two different opinions and both sides say that the other side is wrong. It doesn't matter. Like in those scenarios, you always err on the side of personal choice and freedom. Mm -hmm. And that was decided 50 years ago. So many people are pissing me off. They're like, this was decided in 1973, almost 50 years ago. I'm like, it's 2022. It's 50 years ago. Yeah. That was year one. This is year 50. Like if we start with a one and end with a zero, you'd be like, it's been 50 years. But since it started at 53 and goes to 22, they're like almost 50 years. Like, no, it would be 51 years if it was repealed next year. This is really not the argument to get bogged down on right now, but like that anniversaries bother me when people get the numbers wrong but um let me play did you have more to say before i play another clip no about? go, go okay. for it the consequences john would be that abortion essentially becomes a matter for states so there are already 22 states in america which have trigger laws which are poisoned ready to go as soon as roe v wade is overturned so we'll talk about that a little bit more but i i will say just as an interruption that that's the part of this that is what is sort of like 
accepting accept acceptable is that this is saying the federal government doesn't decide this. This is saying the states get to decide this. Under a normal legislative body and types of politicians that we ideally would have and did for a lot of our existence, I would say that's fine to think. This form of government that we have right now where someone in Georgia that wants to get elected for the House essentially to represent the people of Georgia makes a national brand for themselves and says things that oftentimes counter what that Georgia mm-hmm. local would prefer. That form of government, that shit doesn't fucking work. Like, yeah. So giving that to the state. Yeah, I get that. But these people don't fucking represent the state. They represent the culture war side that they're on. We just talked about that with all these local people needing Donald Trump to support them. Why the fuck does a New York billionaire supposedly real estate tycoon have anything to do with the good sense of what somebody in Alabama needs or Alaska needs or Utah or Ohio needs. Like, like it's absurd that that over anything else would be good for your, your political, um, election electability. And those are the people, those are the leave it to the States types of decisions that we're having. We're having culture warriors make these choices. I mean, and, and, Basic rights like this should not even be touched by presidents. I mean, this is regardless of You say states. presidents because the president's appointed the R- Right, judges. right. Yeah, states or federal. But I mean, should have been under so much more lock and key that the language couldn't have been beat up and, you know. Well, that brings a lot of, I mean, that's where the question, like the, the result of this is we come to question the court and right. it's, it's legitimacy, right? Right. That he, and what other that. amendments are we going to lose? Right. Like you said. Right. Right. Well, here, let's play this clip because he talks about um, uh, the legitimacy of the court. the court. The state legislatures in those states have been assuming that this was coming, hoping that this was coming in states where Republicans have majorities. So immediately in 22 states, abortion would effectively become illegal. We reckon that actually in over half of states in America, abortion would become illegal quite quickly. So abortion, which since 1973 has been a fundamental right for women in America, albeit a right that has often been very hard to exercise in practice, Abortion would be illegal in over half of states. This has been a long-held goal of the conservative legal movement since the 1980s. There's a conservative majority now on the Supreme Court, three justices there, famously appointed by Donald Trump, who ran very clearly saying, vote for me, I'll pick justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade. So so I've heard people say that this is like the Republicans or the dog that caught the car. Mm-hmm. Like they they got this, and this probably isn't going to be good for them. I don't. I wouldn't imagine in the upcoming election. Yeah, it has wanted to propound of itself that it's above politics, as John Roberts. So this is what I was talking about. How the court has been, um, the court's trying to the the court's be, become politicized and is losing its legitimacy. Mm-hmm. But the chief justice Roberts, he he was appointed by uh, Bush and turned out to be sort of like a cent. He he hasn't. I mean, on, he, he hasn't been a political judge. Some people think he has. I see him not be who I was afraid he was. Because you got to remember, in like 2006, you're like, George Bush is the literal devil, and Dick Cheney is like the other devil. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, guy, the guy that... The, the puppet master. Yeah, there we go. The, and, and 
he's turned out to be a pretty fair judge, in my opinion. He's lost control of this court because of the three Trump appointees. It says there are no Trump judges, there are no Obama judges, there are just judges. Is that view now dead? I think that view of the court has been getting harder and harder to hold for a while. And that's because on so many big questions, on environmental regulation, on abortion, on guns, the most contentious questions in American life, gay marriage, those have been settled by the court and not by the legislature. And that's because the legislature struggles to produce majorities on some of these difficult decisions. And I think the result is if you keep asking the court to decide on these most contentious issues, eventually the public in America will decide that the court is just a political body. And that's particularly the case when the fights over Supreme Court nominations have become as nakedly political as they have. You know, they're just arm wrestles these days. It's not wrong, right? Like, I mean, it's just the, like you were sort of describing, I mean, these people get appointed, uh, or you weren't describing it, like you hinted at, that these people get appointed by a president and they are, they're just, just their appointments themselves are partisan affairs. Mm -hmm. And, and then they go in and every single, I think um, all but a couple of these judges were pressed and asked if they would overturn Roe versus Wade. And they said, no, mm. there's a couple that said they would, or they didn't say they wouldn't, but those people that said they wouldn't are going to be on the record doing this. Like there is three or four that like, if you do the is math there a recourse for that, I no, they're, they're there for life. Yeah. The recourse was when you let them go through, people were so mad. They were like, Democrats are making up all this shit against Gorsuch and um, what was the Kavanaugh. Uh, you know, they, they won't let anybody go through. It's like, dude, like something tells me there's enough judges. You can just like line up another fucking judge. And if, and then if the Democrats come and say that, Oh, this one raped me too. And I happen to be the same person. Like, okay. Like, I get it. Like, we'll call some fucking bullshit. But, like, are you saying there's just such a finite, small amount of decent enough people to sit on this fucking Supreme Court? No. You're putting up your dog shit lackeys that are going to go and do what the, you know, the person who appointed them wants them to do. And that's what we're seeing now. That's literally what they were put, sent there. To, uh, Trump said, if you elect me, I will select I will select judges that will overturn Roe versus Wade. He had three opportunities to put judges in, and every single one of them, based on what we're looking at here, uh, are the, are the people that are repealing Roe in this, in this case. Mm. And if you voted for that, everything I just said sounds like, yeah, what's your point? That's what I wanted. And like, okay, fine. Like, it's just the people that this affects the most are people in poverty because right. they don't have means right. to take care of another child or to get to another state. Right. Like every, any, any of these people that voted for this and their mistress gets knocked up, they're flying them to New York or California or Illinois. Right. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I thought that was odd was when I was online after this and talking to people, getting response to posts and stuff like that, the first person I talked about this was someone that was fine with it. And I know from a prior conversation that they're also pro-death penalty, which blows my mind, right? Like, yes. Yeah, that always blows my mind. The people that are so pro or not pro life pro, pro, uh, uh, pro life, <laughs> pro life. Yeah. thank you yeah. pro life are also pro death penalty yeah they want to kill them on their own terms 
I mean, I get it, but it's like, man, you got to keep going through your explanation every time you fucking talk to somebody about that. Like, don't you like, wouldn't you rather not have to like, look, I, I get why it upset. Like I, I recognize like I, I, first of all, I love our listeners. I know that you don't come here with the point of view of like, fuck you for saying something that goes against my outlook, but I appreciate that you're like that don't really have a fear that we're alienating half our audience and people are going to be mad at us because I know that we come here for this kind of conversation. So that, that said, this is fucking like uncomfortable. Like I don't like saying things that I know sound like I think that I have a better idea about how you should live, but that's just it for me. Like, I don't want to do that. And as outrageous as killing the spark of life, however you want to interpret that and ending that, yeah, that bugs me, but I don't think that, I don't think that I fucking know the actual right answer to that. I, I, I have an opinion, but I also don't feel like I can know that. It's like anybody who's religious has to admit at some point is like, you know, that you don't know, but you have faith and like it, I don't know the right answer to this. So I would rather say, Hey, I'm not going to make it so that if you're in that position, you don't get to choose. I think you shouldn't. But I don't feel okay saying you don't get to choose. I, and it's just, that's my outlook on the world. And this just feels so weird that we're taking away a choice. Yeah. You know, we recently moved. Can I just get, break the ice? We recently moved. And I feel like as we like reorganized our closets and stuff, we really fucked up on investing in plastic coat hangers. Like what happens if like this inflation goes <laughs> really metal? bad? Yeah, like what happens if inflation goes to the roof or our dollars become useless? At least those metal coat hangers probably have currency. Oh, my God. Because people stop buying them. They like the flocked ones or the extra thick uh, plastic ones. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you? What did you think I meant? Like they are more valuable because you only get them from dry cleaners. Uh-huh. And nobody's going to be dry cleaning. Their po- what did you think I meant? Oh, God. Can I ask you a question? Okay. This so, is highly unusual. <laughs> you know, we live in this very red state yeah. that uh, had a trigger law change. Uh-huh. Are you ready to get snipped? Oh, I don't fucking care. I don't want kids. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, I Can that. I get my testicles tanned, though? I got to maintain my virility. <laughs> we'll go tan the testicles in the backyard. Can you imagine the bug bites? Oh, my God. Didn't you get a bug bite <sighs> I down did, there last Because year? I was wearing, um, where are they? These. These ones. They're super thin. Uh-huh. And like a bug just was like, oh, I can get through that. Do you want to tell your listeners what you're wearing so they... Oh, it's these, uh, what are these, <laughs> these are, uh, thigh high, uh, thigh high socks and, uh, a sexy maid it. outfit. And yeah, that's... that was it. No, they were, um, like, um, this is pants. I don't know. Yeah. What are these? They're like underwear material, but they're long pants. Like long johns. Long johns. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, okay. Have you heard of, uh, anything called evictionism? No. Okay. So that's a term for kind of an aspirational goal. So if you don't want abortions to be legal, but you recognize that it's not fair to force someone to go through a medical event that could result in death, pregnancy, and giving birth. If we had the technology to remove a fetus and put it in like an incubation machine and then raise that, and then it would, I guess, go to a foster care program, Uh, Or maybe in a perfect utopia, we have a functional government division that pairs children with this need. Okay, that's foster system. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you be okay with that as a replacement? At at that point, if that was available, would you 
be okay with abortions being banned then? No. Okay, why? Well, A, I, for my own pro-choice, it's... Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what we mentioned before? Yes. Okay. So we have a right uh, to choose what happens to our body. But then you're saying that, that we're now forced to have a, a child that came from us that we don't know what's going to happen. They're going into a system now that is now, I guess, government Like there'd funded. be guilt by bringing someone into that suffering? Yeah. I mean, for whatever, I mean, you will always have to worry about what happened. What system did you put this child into that you're now not raising it and loving it and doing what you can? I mean, it's, it's unfair for that child and unfair to you. But if that's like a middle ground to the other side, so you're saying like, look, that's unfair to me because I'm going to feel guilty about this child living in that way. And they're saying, well, I hate you because you're literally killing something like is, is compromising at that point. Not so uh, let me give it this, uh, this example. So as Tesla's become more and more popular and self-driving cars exist at some point in our life, there's going to be a point where they're going to say, look, it's not safe for people to be allowed to drive their cars anymore. Mm -hmm. And they'll kind of have a point. I robot. Yeah. They'll kind of have a point. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're saying it won't be safe for us to be pregnant anymore no. and they'll suck the... So wait, no, I wasn't going to say that. No. Well, okay. So say that. Okay. So it'll always be driven by the private sector. So there'll be some private sector where like celebrities don't want to actually have to carry to term. So that once they recognize that they're pregnant, they'll bring the embryo out, put it into this utero machine mm-hmm. and they can come visit their baby and watch it grow. It'll be a whole thing. Once that catches on, the state can do it at a cheaper rate because of you know, how they deflate their currency and buy a bunch of bullshit. Um, uh, inflate devalue Mm -hmm. the, that same logic as the safe cars is what I meant. It, it would be too safe to do that to you to say, no, it's okay for you to terminate a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, would that be acceptable in comparison to saying, look, we're going to outlaw this? I mean, that could be a great option for people that want to do that, but I don't like the Because you should still have choice, right? Like I'm just saying, I'm narrowing your choice. So what what really happened in reality was your choices expanded to three Mm -hmm. and we're keeping you down to two still. Right. I mean, sure. I think a lot of people will take that That's a good point. The choice should just be three and less people will do the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And let people have the choice. There we go. I know. This is the mistake that we always try to make. Yeah, but nobody wants to live that way. They want to like literally never talk to that person again if that bothers you. But you just don't get to not let them have that choice because to them, it's not murder. Yeah. And I won't change anyone's mind about it, but just having that kind of tolerance is the way to preserve that outlook that you have and coexist with other people. I mean, I, a good middle ground, I do believe that there should be a limit on time frame. I mean, I think some states you can have an abortion up to six months, which that baby can survive outside the womb at that point. If if you've delayed this to six months, I'm sorry, you're having a fucking kid or put that up for an adoption. Well, so that's why like I can almost understand the one where it's like at um, 16 weeks or something. It's like four, four months. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. Some people don't know, but it's like, man, if you're active, it's on you to make sure that everything's fine. Like say you missed one period. 
maybe okay say you missed two i mean jesus christ if it's like 10 days late we're freaking out right i, like, I have a pack of 100 okay. pregnancy I, tests yes because every time Thought I'm you were one gonna day, say plan b's no <laughs> no pregnancy tests because i'm so paranoid never been pregnant but it's it's i mean i'm paranoid right yeah like i i couldn't imagine getting to that be like ah oh, fuck it was four months and we fucking missed it like you know but i, I think six weeks like oklahoma's doing and tennessee's gonna be just as bad um something i'm gonna forget if i don't say is uh this so the the things that are on the table now to be reconsidered are like contraception being legalized you know what's included in contraception it's not just birth control it's condoms it's condoms oh is this is this your way of of helping the population grow yep they're like, we're just going to force them. Yes. We know they like to fuck. Well, and so we're uh, just going to make sure that they have kids. And you know who else gets on board with that? Tax revenue people. Like we need more people to tax. Mm-hmm. Like it's not good that we are because we talk about the population decline all the time. Here's your solution. The thing is, we just said that like, oh, fuck, how do we counteract that? That's literally a lot of people's points. We're definitely getting you snipped. I don't care. Fine. <laughs> Get time off work. <laughs> Uh, plus I probably have to jack off a bunch of times right before just to make sure I got all the jizz available in case, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and then I think afterwards you got to like clear the pipes tons of times. Yeah. There you go. That'll whatever, whatever gets you doing yeah. it. Yeah. Whatever gets me jacking off. No, I mean, snipping. I was going to say I, nothing about the procedure. <laughs> is... Um, all right. Well, that's evictionism. Uh, okay. Well, let's see. Do, do, do ambitions and agreements. I guess if I have a final thought on this, it's that like ideally we should get back to 50 states being their own projects and ambitions unified by a set of trade agreements and like a shared defense of a military system and someone leading all of this who actually like diplomatically brings a consensus together, right? Like the president mm-hmm. um, with limited fucking power, limited power. Yeah. So in other words, fuck you, Dick Cheney. Like, this is all Dick Cheney's (laughs) fault. Like, you put too much power into the president. Mm -hmm. We counted on the president too much. The president was then used as a tool to exploit the Supreme Court and lifetime appointments. And that, like, literally when George Bush won instead of Gore, I remember a lot of people being upset because they were like, oh, they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Because it was 20 years ago. It's only 30 years old then. And I remember, I remember the confidence of literally every time that came up, people that knew what they were talking about being like, look, Rover's way to settle law. You never have to worry about this getting overturned. And what changed was unitary executive theory. And the, the, the way in our lifetime since nine 11, especially that the president has been used and his powers expanded to, I get it. Not like a King, but not the way that this was intended to be ran that was then seen as a vehicle that could be manipulated for all different purposes of, uh, of lobbying groups and the, and, and that's what's happened. I mean, that's, that's exactly what's happened. And, you know, uh, the, you know, what, what do we have, what can we do at this point? Like people that don't like this, what do you feel like we can do? I mean, we can change the state laws that are, you so, know, so vote. Vote. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't vote, so maybe you should start. I mean, we voted and this happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, younger generations need to get out there and vote as well. Do you? So do you think this is going to torpedo the Republicans in 22? Like, I hope so. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like there was 
almost nothing motivating Democrats. They're like, well, we beat Trump. Everything's going to get shitty, but we beat Trump. Uh And they're like, Democrats had like dog shit for leadership Mm -hmm. in terms of like being inspirational. Um, Yeah. I mean, the war didn't work. Uh, Although, did you see that uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick's coming out? (laughs) So like four months ago, I'm like, is this shit going on with Russia and Ukraine? Just like what Top Gun and Maverick's been waiting until a hot war would go off until they released it. And it's coming out on May 27th. That's crazy. Yeah, go watch the movie and go sign up for your recruiting office afterwards. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I was halfway through an idea there and I didn't finish it to talk about Top Gun. That's if that's not me, I don't know what is Um, this. You know, I don't think we have time for this Sunday read. Let me. I was so good. Okay, do you want to talk about it? You're good? Um, yeah, it's not going to take us long to play this sure, clip. It's yeah. a long clip, but we'll pause and talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It was a really good read. Okay, so you said that. So Natasha, I, I, I subscribe to the New York Times for their daily podcast. I listen to them and The Economist every morning. Sometimes I don't listen to The Daily lately. They've had a lot of dog shit. I mean, you listen to this podcast, you know how critical I am of The New York Times, but um, I still like to listen to my news from them because I can think critically, and I often have something to say about them. Mm-hmm. Um they do a Sunday podcast and it's, it's just a written, a read out, a reading. Yeah. It's an audio recording uh of, of a, of an actual article. Um, and they oftentimes use an AI to read it, which is sort of off putting it first, but this first clip is setting up the pot, the episode by the reporter that wrote it, I think. Uh And then the rest is their like Alexa voice. I hope I didn't make your robots go off in your house when I said Alexa. Oh (laughs) shit. Uh, here, let me play this. In 2020, Putin changed the Russian constitution to allow him to serve additional terms. And so on January the 6th, Trump was basically attempting the same thing, saying in effect, election results be damned. Under the pretext of my baseless belief that the election was stolen, I'm gonna stay in power. I contacted Dr. Hill and said I wanted to do a story about Trump, Russia and Ukraine in which she would be a prominent character. So Hill is Fiona Hill, who most Americans that are politically aware know uh, was the expert on Ukraine and Russia in Trump's first, I get him confused, first impeachment hearing. This was after mm-hmm. his perfect phone call with, with Zelensky, where he, they held up the $400 million mm-hmm. to support to strengthen Ukraine versus Russia. Yeah. Am I skipping anything? Nope. You were the one that told me to listen to this. That's what I didn't say is I always skip these because it's like, I don't know, listen to your I show don't normally listen to them either, but the... the you texted me yesterday, like, you need to listen to this one. Yeah, the title jumped out at me and I'm like... Oh, yeah. So what was the title? Uh, I think it was something like Trump trying to pull a Putin or Trump, something. Trump, yeah, this was Trump pulling a Putin, uh-huh. which, uh, spoiler alert, is the last line of the episode, which is kind of funny. <laughs> It just all ties together. It's like, oh, my God, I'm seeing the entire picture. In response to queries for this article, Trump said of Hill, she doesn't know the first thing she's talking about. If she didn't have the accent, she would be nothing. (laughs) It's just it's just the the ad ad hominid ad hominem Mm -hmm. ad hominid attacks that he makes is just like. Of course she fucking knows the first thing about what she's talking about. Like, you don't get to just say whatever the worst insult you could think of in terms of, like, professionally degrading someone. Yeah, she's pretty, so she it, she obviously doesn't know what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly, that type of shit. Is she? You're just saying that, right? Yeah, yeah that's I'm like, just, I don't remember what she looks like. No. Yeah. Constantly tell world leaders that he deserved a redo of his first two years, she recalled. 
He'd say that his first two years had been taken away from him because of the Russia hoax, and he'd say that he wanted more than two terms. He said it as a joke, I suggested, except that he clearly meant it, Hill insisted. Yeah, I kept that in because it was like, the author's like, he said it as a joke, though. And then Fiona Hill was like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. he, he meant it. And I remember hearing that at the time. There's so much shit about Trump that at the time it was kind of like forgettable and dismissible, dis- easy to dismiss because there was like any time he breathed, the media would be like, here's what happened that Trump did. Outrage, mm-hmm. outrage, outrage. And it's just like it's like spam calls. You just like tune it out. Like, And he I, just says so much shit constantly. yeah. yeah. Like there was clips going around of him freaking out because the lights got turned on on one of his campaign stops and he's like screaming at the light guy and getting a chant going to turn the lights on. Like I've seen it a lot like recently going around in like the circles that I'm in and people are like, dude, can you believe Trump did this? I'm like, yeah, I can believe it. I remember I talked about it on the show. Like it was a big deal. <laughs> but but then, no, no, but I don't blame them because it's like literally everything he ever fucking did yeah. was Russia and, you know, just, you know. Well, and this, I don't know if you're going to play this, but he, he tries to completely change the narrative that it's Ukraine that, that leaked Hillary's yeah. stuff. Like no, he that tried was the to point of that phone that call. Whole, yeah. well, that was the point, the phone call where he held up the arms to Ukraine, the ar- holding up the arms was got him in trouble because Congress had, a por- had approved that, that money. So it was wrong for him to hold it. That's what got him in trouble. But the reason he held it was he was the quid pro quo of him giving them their arms that they were deserved or approved, I should say, in exchange for the Hillary's server, the Democrat server, they proved mm-hmm. that Hunter Biden. Right. It's kind of like he knew this war was going to happen, too. I feel like you're jumping a lot of like st- dots together to paint that picture, but well, I don't really feel like Ukraine I can argue with over you. here yeah. as the enemy. Certainly didn't help, right? Yeah, and yeah. here's well, Putin right. as his well, best friend. Be- yes, right. Yes. Well, so I, that's what I do have clips of is him saying that it's, he he had like quick go to responses to any times people brought up Ukraine mm-hmm. that were. And, and I would, I, so I heard this on this episode, but I know this from reading the road to unfreedom and like learning a lot more about, um, the state of Russian politics, the road to unfreedom about like, mm-hmm. what's going on in Putin's Russia. Trump shared another observation. He said, echoing a Putin talking point that Crimea annexed three years earlier through Putin's act of aggression was rightfully Russia's because after all, the people there spoke Russian. You know what's hilarious about saying like, hey, well, so first of all, oh, I have so many fucking things to say about that. <laughs> so the, so Crimea belongs to Russia because the people there speak Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of them did and some of them spoke Ukrainian. After Russia invaded Crimea, everyone spoke Russia because they killed or removed all of those people that spoke Ukrainian. And then after that, people that were like, okay, well, I can't live here if you those people left too so at, by the end it's like basically ethnic purging we won't yeah. say cleansing um they so okay so just i, I kind of steamrolled through that so russia invaded crimea they installed they they kicked out the mayors and um governors governor <laughs> they they kicked out the local leaders replaced right. them with pro-russian leaders they moved russians in there and kept the existing people that were russian speaking and yeah, after all of that, everyone there does speak Russia. Naturally, Donald Trump, you're right. It belongs to Russia because they speak Russia there. Yeah, by the way, what, what language do we speak in America? English. Oh, fuck. 
<laughs> his campaign, he was receptive to the suggestion of an appealing counter-narrative. By early 2018, he began to hear and repeat the assertion that it was Ukraine and not Russia that had interfered in the election and that they had done so to try to help Clinton, Tom Bossert, Trump's former Homeland Security advisor, told me. I knew he heard that from, among others, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani. We're a Rudy Each Giuliani theme podcast. An accurate theory was raised. I disputed it and reminded the president that it was not true, including one time when I said so in front of Mr. Giuliani. Yeah, I just it love was, it. as Hill would memorably testify to Congress later that year, a domestic political errand in Ukraine on behalf of President Trump. That errand would garishly illustrate how Trump was using Ukraine as a plaything for his own purposes, Hill told me. I'm really sure why I kept that in. Did you have thoughts on that? Yeah, just I think that Giuliani... Yeah, Giuliani, so the domestic errand, right? Right, and just trying to change the narrative by yeah. everyone saying the same thing. He felt like our allies were screwing us, and he had no sense as to why these alliances benefited us or why you need a global footprint for military and strategic capabilities, Kupperman told me. Kupperman. If one were to ask him to define balance of power, he wouldn't know what that concept was. He'd have no idea about the history of Ukraine and why it's in the front pages today. He wouldn't know that Stalin starved that country. Those are the contextual points one has to take into account in the making of foreign policy. But he wasn't capable of it because he had no understanding of history. How these countries and their leadership evolved, what makes these countries tick. That's honestly like the most damning thing you could say about like any leader, in my opinion, mm -hmm. just because of how much history means to me. To just be like, you have no concept and understanding of history and how... Like he lives his his outlook on the world is all about dominating the current state of the, of a thing with mm -hmm. no appreciation for what got it there or what it may aspire to become. Yeah, like that's disgusting. Yeah, and now now we can have this conversation about certain left wing politicians in that same way. Like that, it's just this was very successful and leveraged and when it's used by anyone in the future, which it will be like this, this is how democracies like they have a lifespan and they crumble because of actors like this and a public like ours that just tolerates it. I mean, he just was not up for the job. He, he should not have been president based on the fact that he isn't educated to be president. Right. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have to, understand finance when you go into finance right oh like right it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i know like like I, I all but admitted that he hadn't read the constitution and then it's like yeah there's whole arguments about like well fuck i didn't agree to anything written in the constitution this is what we agree that the government runs the government by it's our deal with them don't elect someone that says he doesn't know the paper right like that's my favorite part of this i don't know if you're gonna play it but where he um he sees politicians in newspapers, but he doesn't actually read the articles. Oh, no, and he signs, he signs like a looking good. And he wants to make sure that his people send it to them. And they are like, they read the article themselves. They're like, this looks terrible. We can't send him this. Like, but the picture looked like he thought that 
that they looked good in the picture. Oh, wow. Like Putin looks nice in that photo. Send him this and tell him how yeah, nice like, he no, looks. No, we can't. We have to so burn like, this. Like yeah, we like, can't have it written gonna down. We're going to have a war because of this. <laughs> Looking good. It's like, you think what I'm doing here is good? He's like, no, I liked the images. There's like five pages. I didn't read that. I've got president stuff to do. I got Fox to watch. In real time, I was putting things together, she said. The domestic political errands, the way Trump had privatized foreign policy for his own purposes. It was this narrow goal, his desire to stay in power irrespective of what other people wanted. A burst of horrific clarity overtook her. I saw the thread, she told me. The thread connecting the Zelensky phone call to January 6th. And I remembered how, in 2020, Putin had changed Russia's constitution to allow him to stay in power longer. This was Trump pulling a Putin. Ew. <laughs> it Ukraine became sexual. radioactive for the duration of the Trump administration. There wasn't serious engagement. Putin had been wanting to reclaim Ukraine for eight years, but he was trying to gauge when was the right time to do it. Starting just months after January 6th, Putin began building up forces on the border. He saw the discord here. He saw the huge opportunity presented by Donald Trump and his Republican lackeys. I'm not pulling any punches here. I'm not using diplomatic niceties. These talking. folks sent the signal Putin was waiting for. So I, okay, here's the only thing about this clip that kind of bugs me. It feels like they're like, look, January 6th was terrible. Um, we know he's close with Putin. Oh, look, we found someone who's willing to say that in my perspective, all those things are tied together. And then their very next step is Putin had been wanting to reclaim Ukraine and he was waiting to do it. And once he saw that it was vulnerable because of the money, not supporting them, mm -hmm. he knew now was the time because the fracture was there. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Hmm. Like, I feel like that's a good opinion. And she's clearly an expert on this because we cut out all the stuff about her background. But, I mean, she has bona fides. I just, I think it's a lot to say it's a direct line. I think they all influenced each other. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Um, and from reading Road Done Freedom, I know that it was never not a goal of Putin to complete that task. I just don't know that the phone call with Zelensky and the impeachment was like the that boom, boom. I don't think that it persuaded me that much there. I think the January 6th stuff, like they said mm -hmm. about, that was him being like, oh, I could, Trump learning from his colleagues about, you know, how he could try to remain in power and definitely a clear line between previous actions that Trump had made and statements he had made and those actions on that day that, yeah, this is clearly somebody willing to hold on to power for power's sake, no matter what it takes. But then to say that also Putin invaded Ukraine because of that, I think I just that's a little bit of a stretch to me. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got from this article that Trump was aware of Putin wanting to take Ukraine. And that's why he's holding off funding. He's, you know, turning, changing the narrative to make Ukraine be the bad guy. I think it's also just as plausible to me that he's like unwillingly a part of it. Like he, like Putin told him what he was going to do. And he's like, ah, this guy's all talk. Okay, whatever. Yeah, because Putin has something either yeah. financially or whatever it is. Perhaps. But they have, they, we know that they've had conversations off the record. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I, that pissed me off. Yeah. Cause, cause there was their first meeting notes leaked and then Trump was like, well, here's what we'll do. We'll uh, make sure there's no notes taken and no one in the room. It's like, God damn it. He's an ex spy. Like, yeah, yeah, but I'm Donald Trump. Like, wh- how's he going to get anything out of me just cause he's an ex spy. I'm Donald Trump. It's like th- that, that type of ego is not fucking helpful. Like, yeah, the D's. These folks sent the signal Putin was waiting for. Yeah, that's the part I can't buy. I don't know. That seems like a stretch for me. Trump, Bolton went on to say, oh, John is a Bolton. complete aberration in the American system. We've had good and bad presidents, Mr. competent Walrus. and incompetent presidents, but none of them was as centered on their own interest as opposed to the national interest except Trump. And his concept of what the national interest was really changed from day to day and had a lot more to do with what his political fortunes were. Yeah, I think that I agree with completely. It's like what was going to be good for him politically mm-hmm. was what was important to him at that time. Yeah. Like that was it. Like that's that's what power for power's sake gets you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I I don't understand standing for someone like that. Like I don't either. Okay. You know, the funny thing is I, uh, I sent this article to my dad. Mm-hmm. No, I thought we weren't admitting that. Well, okay. So when you said not saying whose parents you were talking about yours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I doubt any family's getting this. Well, far also it, why are your parents <laughs> going to be, Oh, you told them I'm a Trump supporter. They fucking wear They fly the flag on the top of their house. Yeah. But the thing is my dad is such a smart man. Oh, I know he's, he's built and ran multiple countries. We're in companies. Companies. One he's, election system. Yeah, he's built and run multiple companies. That's why we're even in this country. Yeah. And yet he can't see through all the bullshit. Yeah. Of Trump. It just blows my mind. He yeah. thinks he's just such a brilliant man. That's the part. It's like, I get liking someone as like your best choice, uh-huh. but it's like, no, it's not that. It's like, I legitimately think this guy's brilliant. Yeah. He thinks he's like a great businessman. It's, it blows my mind. He just like, I mean, A, he watches one American news. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's where he's getting his news source. Yeah. They still does? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. They're all about it. They're all about Tucker. They have to like, stri- no, that's on Fox. Well, they watch yeah, both, I but they you. love Tucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that means I think they they have to stream one America. I think it's off DirecTV. Oh, no, they're on AT&T. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Um... Let's see, there's a little bit more of this. And I asked whether he believed Trump could be viewed as... I got to say, I like talking to your dad about it, though, because, like, it's like jujitsu. Like, he'll say this and I'll say that because I can counter it. Then uh-huh. he can counter what I'm saying and then I'll counter what he says. Um, eventually, you get tired and you're just like, all right, well, let's drink a beer. You're the only one that can talk to him about politics. Huh. It's amazing. That's why my dad loves you so much. <laughs> he always thinks I'm a Republican. He's yeah, like, they... see, he's a Republican. Oh, he hasn't done that puzzle yet. No, he has We sent him a Joe Biden puzzle that uh, the outside says it's Donald Trump. But when you complete it, it's Joe Biden. And I think somehow he figured out what it was because he won't participate. Or he's just lying. He's like, I don't have time for puzzles. Oh, that's what he says. Yeah. I thought he was like, oh, I did it. Yeah. It was, I'm sorry. Oh, I did it. It was great. Was that good? No, no. it's not. No. Was, that was trying to do a British accent, not Australian. Yeah, it's not. I. <laughs> you think that's what my dad sounds like? No. Hi, Dustin. It's been great to see you. Is that pretty good? <laughs> yeah. All right. He probably right. give would us you a like, hug. Would you like a little bit of a whiskey? Yeah, I do like whiskey. He loves his whiskey. <laughs> All right, where were we? As an authoritarian, Bolton replied, he's not smart enough to be an authoritarian. 
But had Donald Trump won in 2020, Bolton told me, in his second term, he might well have inflicted damage that might not be reparable. I asked whether his same concerns would apply if Trump were to gain another term in 2024, and Bolton answered with one word, yes. I thought it was going to be Jumanji. You're not supposed to say that word. Then you get into Jum- or is if that a- Trump is elected Whoops. again in 2024, where will we be? I think it would be seen among struggling democracies as a disaster. They would see Trump as someone who went through two impeachment inquiries, orchestrated a conspiracy to undo a failed election, and then somehow is reelected. They would see it as Trump. That's kind of like what their guest was saying on the New York Times earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Democrats don't get it. Like they're like. That you don't, he's out raising the, the Republican Party right now. Mm-hmm. Like, there was three days this year that he didn't outraise the Republican Party, him specifically. Yeah. So he's got a war chest, and that's all it fucking takes. Yeah. Trump truly unbound. But to them, it would also say something about us and our values. Which I like a lot. Like, I, I'm glad that they distinguished that because. At the end of the day, you know, it's just like I said when we were talking about abortions, like we need to be wise enough to not be manipulated and not be. So in the case of the abortions, like don't. That, that's just like the tolerance thing, right? Like right. that the people are going to be different. And you don't get to change what their perspective is like at the end of the day. We have no one to blame but ourselves for being upset with each other and at each other's throat about this. Uh, When we talk about the misinformation stuff earlier, right? It's the same thing there. Like, you know, you could spend a fraction of the budget that they're going to spend on that, uh, what do they call it? A working group inside DHS, whatever Mm -hmm. his fucking corporate speak was for that. They could spend a fraction of that budget on like ads and social media ads, like just teaching people small lessons in media literacy. Mm -hmm. That would solve the whole fucking problem. Well, maybe. No, it's 1,000% people unable to interpret media, which also, you know what? Who also gets funded to do shit like that? The school system. But they don't do anything about that because they're busy arguing about critical race theory. Right. All right. Yeah, no, take that money and put it in schools. Let's educate people. Let's... Yeah, well, they don't do... Okay. Yes, sure. Okay, fine. Yes. Yeah, just, yeah like, but with, it, to... with a specific task of media literacy. Yeah, Yeah. that sh- absolutely should what, be something that's I, taught in Being able to identify sources and gauge what you what kind of weight you want to put on your opinion that you get from that news. Because like I watch dog shit sources all the time, and then I go, okay, well, I can take this from there, but I can't take that. I played a very long clip from one earlier today. Mm-hmm. Something that Hill has told me more than once since that time. Throughout all our changes, presidents and senior staff in government, she said, Putin has been there for 22 years. He's the same guy with the same people around him. And he's watching everything. God, that music's so fucking, like, it's just, like, when I read, I don't have that kind of music going on. You don't have to, like, play music in the background while you read to me. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, kind of that's a crazy perspective to keep in mind right like i think that's a great thought to go out on for that for that article like if i was reading it be like damn dude the whole time he's been there like there's there there's an advantage that you get from that position but there's also rot and authoritarian disease you know Mm -hmm. as we're seeing speaking of rotten disease also on this show several weeks ago, I predicted that he had some kind of terminal disease, and that's why he's trying to submit himself in history. And what came out this week? 
He has cancer. Yeah, unless that's fake fucking news. But I, right before we recorded, I just wanted to see. It's been about 24 hours since that story came out. Nope, it's not being retracted or, you know, that's like he's going and uh, he's getting surgery and it's not clear what. That's uh, terrifying, though, because you know he wants to go as hard as possible in taking Ukraine. Yeah. I he mean, it's what legacy. it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless it's all minor and we're exaggerating it out of optimism. <laughs> like, yay, pancreas. Yeah. Yay, stomach. Which one do you want? Which one would you want? <laughs> Maybe Pan- there's some witchcraft there. Like someone was like, voodoo? I, yeah, a little yeah. voodoo. Like, I'm going to Some I'm Hungarian voodoo? Yeah. I like this. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> Um, I think we got to get out of here on a question and then, uh, we'll come back and do a Friday show. Um, should we go out on like a lighter one? Yeah, I think we need some humor. Okay. Liar Liar was great and all, but I really want a gritty reboot that dives into the hard sci-fi of how the wish worked. Okay. That's stupid, right? Like he's just like. You, he didn't even say the wish, I don't think. You Have you seen Liar Liar? Uh, yeah, it's okay. just been a minute. Okay. Oh, you, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's front of mind all the time for me. Okay, so here's the snort. So Jim Carrey is, uh, he, he, he loves his son, but he can't be there for him because he's a workaholic. And his job as a lawyer keeps taking from his son and missing him his baseball games. He's Jose Canseco, if you remember. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, after disappointing him on his birthday for the last time, the son wishes... I wish my dad couldn't tell a lie. And his dad wakes up, unable to say that his pen is blue. And he has to kick his ass. Do you mind in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he farts in the elevator. That was a good one. Yeah. I'm like confusing it with yes, man. Not not the same. It's but the it, but opposite it's like, of that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's like yes. such a similar storyline. Okay. Hold on, though. <laughs> like, they never explain it. And then, like, the, uh, you know, the I they, they never explain it. Like, and he... I want to know, is this just like 90s magic where it was like it didn't matter? Uh-huh. Like, did something change in filmmaking and like now we would demand an explanation? I want that version. I want to know like, you know, like the final destination where this blows into that and it turns this on and it like sends a signal out from a like government van outside that's been observing the house because mm. maybe he's in like witness protection and the family doesn't know it. But they've also got like some weird equipment in that van too, or like a high frequency wave and it like zaps your brain. You can't lie afterwards. That could have been it, right? I mean, maybe that's what this government funding is with with the the FBI. Oh, I thought you might have the bumblebees. (sighs) All right. Well, it's not going to get any better than that. Uh, You know what, Natasha? I think um, I, I know it's usually something that me and Alan say, but this was fun. Yeah. No offense. Oh, none taken at all. Uh, Oh, well, drive safe. Yeah, All right, too. let's go let the fucking dog out. <laughs> Come in the name of peace. I'm pooping right now. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. <laughs> Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless the United States. Now this is podcasting.